Hello and welcome to the studio demands it an exercise in creative thinking where we will challenge ourselves to conceptualize, pitch, and craft a film based on the demands and stipulations of one of you listeners acting as a hypothetical Hollywood overlord. We talk movies all the time. All the time. And as filmmakers ourselves and avid cinephiles, we would like to believe that we could meet the demands of any studio at least as well, if not better, than the poor saps working under the restrictions and demands of the big wigs fronting the bills in Hollywood. We will be your screenwriters for this episode. I am T.C. DeWitt, and joining me as always is Jim V.O.D. Berzelic. Hello, Jim. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I demand... That you be on video is what I'm saying right now. I I, I got that. Am, am I Redbox or am I am I uh, Amazon? Oh, I I, I want to say Amazon because it's much more prestigious than than the Redbox. That's fair. I am I am <laughs> amazed to this like every time I go past a Redbox, I just glance at it. Not that I'm ever going to get something out of a Redbox, but I'll glance at it and go, "Huh, look at that! Robert De Niro's got a new movie I didn't know about." <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like don't get me wrong, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you but i i feel like i need to to check my privilege i think it's kind of bougie to <laughs> to badmouth redbox like that it's it, it's amazing you're right it is it's unfair <laughs> because it, we're still we're still living under the 90s stigma that things that go straight to video are a bad thing sure right well and also well we're also then living in this new future era where dvds yeah what? right just stream it what are let's, you doing what's a dvd <laughs> and, and even even more so the future we are now existing where straight to video is the entire warner brothers 2020 release schedule <laughs> yeah so like <laughs> hey, hey you got a movie released it's going straight to video Ooh, like wonder woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> So when I the say the height of Hollywood, the height of Hollywood stream, it's what everyone has wanted for years anyway. Really ever. Yeah. I, I don't want to have to go to the theater and deal with people pulling out their cell phones and, and farting and See, talking. Is, I want to like, do that by myself. In my what, <laughs> what terrible thing happened to people that that is, that's like, the whole of the memory. I don't like. <laughs> no, come on. We, I, may, maybe I just do too many things in my life where I put up with terrible versions, hoping that I'll just get that good one. Like one in every ten will be good, and that's good enough for me. It, one um, uh, ten in every one that you went to the theater by my damn place was like. <laughs> and now here's a new bad experience at a movie yeah. theater. But again, true, fair. That's a conversation okay. for a day. well, not necessarily a different day, but to discuss people who have done passion projects that haven't done yeah, well. That's that's not what we're here to. We're not here to discuss other people. We're here to discuss ourselves. Yeah, no, the listeners. It's all about the. It's about the studios and those who have made demands. Listen, Jim, we are wrapping. Did I did I I get it wrong? No crap, I went off screen. (laughs) We are coming to the conclusion here of season two of the show, and it has been. This has been an awesome season. Looking, comparing season one, which was a lot of fun, to season two, where uh, you've mentioned it before. We. Something gave the permission to our listeners to send us the craziest stuff mm-hmm. and and give us a little people have been taking a little more chances in their demands to challenge us to to do some really fun stuff. We Yeah. We, I, I hope we I hope we've been able to to live up to them. Yes. Uh, those those demands. I the amount of demands we have from you guys 
thank you. Like we we will never run out of episodes until you're tired of listening to us. And even <laughs> still, we will be doing this. So seriously, thank you. We we have so much that we will be able to do into a file, like another season and beyond. And and it's it really comes down to thank you for for those listening and those who have who have sent in demands, who've tweeted at us, who've commented on our threads. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we, I'm having a lot of fun with some of these. It, it's it. I know we have had fun when we end the episode and still talk for another hour <laughs> about the topic. <laughs> we we would record it for you folks, but as soon as someone sees a two and a half hour timestamp on an episode, you're 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 tuning out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we are going to do something a little different here with this episode. We have our finale next time, but uh, for the, we're going to do something a little different today. We've gotten several demands, uh, comments, tweets from people that have less to do with uh, do this with that or do that do this with this property with this specific demand. And it's been a lot of what would you love to do, Jim? What would you love to do, TC? What would you love to love? What if you could just carte blanche go? What would you do? And those aren't necessarily uh, uh, demands that are that give us a lot of direction to a specific episode. So I decided to group a bunch of those together and, and to to create what our more or less our demand is going to be today. Uh, it isn't anything okay. goes. So what I have tasked Jim and myself to do is to pitch our dream project. Now I've limited this to IPs. And not original ideas, because the last thing we want to do is pitch something. Like, I, Jim, I don't know about you, but I'm all about people stealing our ideas for the <laughs> stuff. If they want to hire us to write up like the, the the 40 episodes we've done, yeah, sign us oh, up. Yeah. We're ready to do it. But if people just want to steal the ideas and validate us, <laughs> that's also <laughs> fine. <laughs> but I don't want I don't want to pitch up a dream project that's an original idea. And I, I do not want Jim to you've you've mentioned a gorilla rage more than once i don't want to yeah. i don't want you to pitch that here for the have fear. i mentioned that on the show i, th- I don't even remember it. I th- okay i feel you have if not probably jim if has not a- there it is there you go <laughs> so i've i've asked jim and i'm and and to myself as well to to pitch a an ip that we would love to play with and what we would do with it um an original idea uh, instead of an original idea just something that that people could hear this is this is more than just the studio asking us we've we've succeeded jim a studio has we've succeeded in making the equivalent of lord of the rings and the studio said what do you want to do and we said we're going to do king kong and the studio said right. go ahead so so th- this is this is our uh, oh no well yeah king actually i was going to uh, uh, say uh, uh, sucker punch but that's an, an original ip <laughs> how and we would not dare you episode j- about I'm that d- it's a- <laughs> you bring up Zack snyder god damn it <laughs> But yes, that's yeah. that is the idea. So the studio has said, "Congratulations, you've succeeded." Now, what do you want to do? We it's it, it go to the Kevin Smith story of, "Hey, you, you kicked some butt with that mall rats there." Uh, here's our properties: we got Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian, we've got Superman, we've got a uh, pause right there. Did you say I could write Superman? I will write <laughs> Superman. Go on YouTube, look up that story; it's hilarious. Uh, so today we are going to be pitching our dream projects. This will be a little different, but I think people will will understand that this is still going to be some brainstorming process, uh, writing process. Uh, I'm um, if Jim will acquiesce, I will go first. No, no, we discussed this, and I'm not going to let you go as planned. I, I, yeah, won, no, the it's, it's... I won the coin toss. I won the coin toss. 
when I, I had narrowed this down to a couple of properties, uh, some ideas that I've pitched before um, in conversation with Jim, whether it was on mic or off mic. And, and I realized if I'm going to pitch an IP that I love, that I would love to, to really give my passion to what I think that, and that I think could be, wow, I'm rambling. Okay. Hey, we have, what's your dream project? We have not gotten, I'm just going to go right to it. We have not gotten a Superman worth a damn in a very long time. Even, even the ones I like, I like Brandon Routh's 2005 Superman returns, the directed by a scumbag. That's fine. Uh, I like what we get on Supergirl for TV. But as far as film is concerned, as far as cinema is concerned, as people are well aware, I am unhappy with the Superman that exists on the big screen right now. So my my pitch is going to be for a Superman film. But the thing is, is that we've been there, we've done that time and time again, trying to get people to like Superman. To do the do Krypton exploding, to have him be raised by Kansas farmers in one generation or another, <laughs> to various degrees of quality and or success, and people are done with it. People are bored with Superman. It breaks my heart to say so, but he's one of the most derided, derided heroes because he's boring. You, he can do anything. What's the point? So I'm going to pitch a Superman where the main character Clark Kent literally hates Superman. Hmm. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Jim, now I can get to my notes. <laughs> All right. Superman Secret Identity was a four-issue miniseries that came out in 2004. It was written by Kurt Busiek, who is one of the finest comic book writers uh, working in the industry. He has a deep love and respect for the lore of comics. Um, it was drawn by Stuart Immerman, who's also a fantastic artist. And it is a, a what-if story that tells the story of a of a kid who grows to be a man named Clark Kent by his parents in a world where superheroes exist only as characters in comics and movies and TV shows. He's mm. his parents had the last name Kent and they thought, "Hey, wouldn't it be funny if we named our kid Clark?" And he <laughs> grows up getting Superman toys. Ha ha ha. I uh, bullied for not be for being named Clark Kent. He hates Superman. And then one day out camping by himself in the woods, he wakes up and he has Superman's powers. Just without any reason, way, shape, or form, he just suddenly can fly, super strength, x-ray vision. He is Superboy. And it and what happens from there is Clark Kent, the this kid who became Superman, embarks on a career, a superheroic career, uh, where he keeps his existence a secret from the world. This isn't some uh, huge tentpole uh, beginning of a franchise Superman movie. This is a singular Superman story about a world like ours where a kid named Clark Kent one day wakes up and has Superman's powers. That is the movie I want to make. And the okay. reason I want to make this is because it's it is wearing on its sleeve that Superman is boring, that we're giving it to a main character who's who doesn't like Superman as as a commentary to what Superman means to the the public at large that we're so bored with him. And and what's not fair is that Superman still marvels children, but it's us cynical adults that look at sure. Superman like, "Ugh, give me Wolverine, <laughs> give me Batman. Superman should kill." Like all these all these 
all these complaints from from the wrong like that are very wrong headed. This is the, the Superman it, movie. It's a very right. It's a very cynical take to yeah. to think that Superman and Batman and and, and superheroes mm-hmm. heroes that are more than heroes than than than, than a common hero yeah. should kill. Yeah. Right? Like, shouldn't they have the capability of being more than that? Yeah. All right, and then then you get into weird philosophical arguments of well, the the people they're fighting don't deserve more than that. Now it's a whole different weird yeah. monster. Um, well, this this Superman's secret identity takes place in our world. It's not a world of superheroes. It's not a he's not the first superhero that suddenly starts unleashing metahumans onto the populace. He comes into existence. And anyway, if if you'll allow me to, Jim, if it won't bore you, I'm going to read you my entire treatment here. Sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right, and it's and the the comic itself is broken into four issues, so I broke up the movie into four parts. Uh, Smart. So we we get the origin story, we get him as a man uh, through the majority of the movie, and we get him into essentially retirement. Okay, so hmm. uh, let me let me explain the story. This is my, this is my book report. Okay, Jim. Thank you. Uh, Superman's secret identity. <laughs> All right. So as I've already given some of this information, but just let me let me rattle it off here. So mm-hmm. bear with me as we now proceed to Superman's secret identity. David and Laura Kent are a farm couple living in a small town in Pickettsville, Kansas, and they name their child Clark after Superman. He grows up resenting the joke, accepting the inevitable Superman-related gifts with a smile, and endures being the butt of jokes by uh, from bullies at school. He retreats to what he calls his Fortress of Solitude, which is a broken-down farm tractor where he writes on an old typewriter. For recreation, he often escapes on to overnight hiking trips by himself. One night, on such a trip, he wakes up to find himself in midair and discovers that he now has the powers of Superman. This teenager uses... He's a kid. He's just a teenager. He uses his powers first to avoid his tormentors and then begins to secretly use them to rescue people in danger. Uh, The incident of heroes... uh, The incidents of heroism prompt inquiries from journalists and government agents putting him under pressure to preserve his secret identity or to reveal his powers to the public. He makes a deal with a reporter named Wendy who first wrote about him uh, for her to handle his publicity, to explore the nature of his super abilities together. But when he discovers that she's secretly video recording him, he destroys the camera and resolves to go public with his powers on his own. He gets a Superboy costume at the town's goes to the town's Halloween carnival where he's going to actually show off for the girl he has a crush on. But an explosion puts the carnival and everyone there at risk uh, as a Ferris wheel's tipping over and he rescues them in the Superboy costume. Uh, reporters, including Wendy, who set up the explosion to reveal him as Superboy, come upon him as he's rescuing his crush. Clark pretends that the rescue was not superpowered by pulling himself out of the rubble, like, what happened? And he becomes this local hero, earning the respect of his former bullies and the affection of Casey. However, several people are killed as a result of the bombing, and Clark resolves to keep his powers hidden, performing life-saving feats only in secret, though he still wears the costume, just in case. So that's the, that is the, the, the origin story of, of Clark Kent becoming Superman. Go. Dude, the the reporter and people who set up the bomb. The the Wendy dude, Wendy dude. is the reporter who tried to expose him. Yeah, and she recorded him, and he got pissed, and he burned her recording. She set off the bomb to get him to use his powers publicly. 
is she brought to justice for several people dying in the explosion? She, I know that's like this entirely <laughs> side point, but the, uh, the the government does get involved eventually. But this is the <laughs> this is the first portion of the movie. I'd say this is probably like thirty minutes of the film right here. We get introduced to Clark. Sure. We get to see him use his powers. He tries to show off. He has to save the day. He realizes the threat of being Superman in this world and what that could mean. It, we've we've gotten versions of Superman. It's like this is what it would be like if Superman existed in our yeah. world, and we get this very fear mongering. This is a version of Superman existing in the real world that comes from a very earnest place. This is a a, a teenager, fourteen years old, screwing up and realizing the great power, great responsibility angle of what has to happen here, and mm-hmm. then and then we fade out of this moment of. I'm going to save people, but in secret, but I'll still wear the stupid costume just in case, because who's going to believe Superman's real. And then we, Mm -hmm. we, we go to years later, Clark has moved to Manhattan. He actually writes for the New Yorker and he's working on a book. He continues saving lives as Superman, but keeps his actual existence secret, counting on reports by people who he saved by the supposedly fictional Superman to be just internet legend. Uh, as government agents continue to investigate his activities, including starting with the bombing, arresting mm. Wendy, who says it was a Superman, but she doesn't sell him out. His co-workers in Manhattan at the New Yorker set him up with a woman named Lois as a joke, but they actually hit it off and start a relationship. Clark is lured into a trap and knocked out by a powerful electrical blast and taken to a government facility where they attempt to extract tissue samples from him. He escapes evacuating the other major, uh, sorry, evacuating the other test subjects that are in the building and destroys the building. Pissed. Uh, He begins wearing glasses to make himself less recognizable and continues to perform rescues, but more cautiously. Meanwhile, his writing career takes off as he embarks on a life as a major book author, author, Clark reveals his secret to his Lois, and now no longer alone, he's ready to face whatever lies ahead. So this is our, that's the, the section that we've experienced here to see what this adult life is going to be like. That's the two, right? That's yep, part two. That's part two. Part three, Clark continues his successful career while continuing his secret exploits, still evading the government, who is really coming after him now, concerned about the possible effects his powers will have on his and Lois's unborn twins. He approaches the government to make a deal. After an abortive first contact with this man named Agent Malone, they come to terms. Clark will take non-political missions for the government, and in return, the government has to leave him and his family alone. He is called on missions to rescue some hostages just as Lois goes into labor, which he grudgingly accepts to save the hostages um, as this is just the way it's going to have to be. The world has to come before I have to juggle responsibilities. It's a tough Tough call to make, but he makes it. He returns in the hospital just in time. With great power comes great responsibility. Again, weird, huh? (laughs) Uh, He sees his wife and newborn daughters, and he swears that he will keep them safe no matter what. Okay? So this is the the, uh, moving into the third act, like more action. He -hmm. comes to an agreement with Agent Malloy. Many years later, Clark has become an accomplished writer, and Lois is a famous designer. His daughters, Carol and Jane, have come home from college for the holidays, bearing Superman-related gifts to tease their middle-aged father. Clark and Lois have noticed that his powers are fading, and he can, but he continues his government secret government missions, becoming friendly with Malloy while still protecting his identity. He uncovers records of government research into superpowered people around the world, and concludes that his powers are actually the result of some strange meteor shower exposing him to some unknown agents in his youth. 
and his subconscious shaping his powers to match the Superman ar- archetype, hinting at a w- larger world that we are not going to explore in this movie, but just hinting that possibly there's other people out there, that he's not alone. Uh, he finds this government facility. He destroys all the evidence that might reveal it, uh, that might reveal him or the others to the world uh, with his daughter's uh, sorry, hold on a second. I lost my spot here. Uh, da, 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 da. Clark and Loris uh, suspect that their daughters may have developed superpowers, but he leaves them to explore the possibility on their own, not trying to confront them and waiting to see if they'll come to him. They eventually do reveal themselves, admitting that their powers manifested in their teens just like him. Agent Malloy retires and reveals that he figured out who Clark was a long time ago, but never reported it and destroyed all the evidence that anyone else could find. His daughters carry on the government-sanctioned superheroics, and Clark retires. The epilogue of the film is uh, in in that in that final act. There's a tornado that Clark tries to go stop. He gets there too late to watch it dissipate, and in the wind he hears two girlish giggles, and that's how mm-hmm. he figures out, "Oh my God, my daughters!" And he goes to Malloy and says, "Did you recruit my daughters?" And he said, "Clark, by the way, I know who you are. I did." They're women. They made the choice on their own. By the way, I'm a big fan of your work. I've read all your books. I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the epilogue of this is Clark is, lives in a world that accepts that superheroes slowly are coming out amongst people, resulting in the advancements in every area of science. Uh, his daughters have grown up. They have families of their own, including a young grandson that they named Perry, Jimmy, and Clark. And the three of them three grandkids along with their his twin daughters and himself often go flying together. Uh, he's happily retired as his powers continue to wane, knowing that his family will continue on the heritage of super heroics. And the last thing he does is watch the sunset and end of movie. So there, okay. they, they, that's a lot to cram into what would essentially be a two and a half to a two forty to three hour movie. But mm-hmm. But it's not, and it's, yeah, he's not going to be punching bad guys, which I know people want to see Superman break people's necks. But this is a much more thoughtful Superman that's exciting and touching. The the people have accepted and enjoyed Supergirl, and she comes from a very classic Superman place, Supergirl place of hope and peace and love and kindness will win the day more than anger and and fear ever will. Uh, so that is my full treatment for <laughs> for Superman's secret identity. Uh, you did ask questions along the way or what have you, but uh, reactions, thoughts, what do you think? Do you, do you think, first and foremost, that this is a, a movie people would even give a, give a chance to? I'm trying to think of other movies that would fall in sort of the same timbre as it, and I'm actually having trouble. The first thing that strikes me is this would actually be a good mini series. Okay. Right. Like okay. four, four episodes, mm-hmm. one episode per, or, uh, or eight episodes, two episodes per, per chapter, mm-hmm. so, something like that. Um, or do a, do a full, basically just keep iterating. Right? Sure, four, sure, sure. eight, 12, 16, 24. Like yeah. I, so, my, my dream is to see Superman up on the big screen again and to make sure. people fall in love with him again. And so mm-hmm. to, to pitch something like this, which, which which comes from almost rooted in cynicism for your main character and watching him grow to accept what it truly means to be Superman 
in a real world? What does it mean to have these powers? How does it risk the people around you? It's not just punching sure. pe- punching the problem. It's it's doing the right thing for the right reasons and making mm-hmm. the sacrifices. What does it mean to have godlike powers in in a world that that doesn't believe in God? In a sure. sense, right? Yeah, no, no like like I yeah, I I, I get uh, I, I believe I get what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, j- that's my initial reaction. That doesn't mean that it, it, it can't be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, uh, so what this sounds like to me, it's, it sounds like a drama. Yeah. It's, um, you were trying to compare it to something and, and where I would, where I would, the, the feel right, of I'm it, the, I'm the marketing department. Right. right. How am I going to sell this movie? Well, I, I would say, and since we're playing in Warner Brothers sandbox, I would totally use this as as my pitching point. If you take the first Harry Potter, the middle Harry Potter, and the last Harry Potter, that's the feel of a movie like this. It's it's young fun that grows into responsibility, and in, and over the course of one story, you're you're ideally if this was if this was crafted the appropriate way, you're you're leading the audience into understanding the power of Superman, both as, as a physical manifestation of, of power and as the power he has in our pop culture to say, mm-hmm. look how fun this is. It's a kid being stupid and, and punch. Oh, okay. Oh, we have action sequences. He grows. And ideally the, the, the audience accepts it and grows with him. I know it's a lot to ask of people to not just see things exploding. Sure. Well, I would write like that, that become, well, because that, that sort of becomes the thing. Um, uh, 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 how do you have these powers that are just to most people screaming to be used for explosions? Yeah, and then say nah. Well, you you still will get that in the threats that that Clark ends up um, averting or or, or like uh, helping. Okay, well, with. so so that that's interesting because you're saying those are in there. Like unfortunately, those are that's the flashbang that that really is going to sell a thing. Mm-hmm. What are those moments? Because you really well, downplayed those. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, to to make this more exciting, to see what sort of threats he's dealing with. Um, I I am a fan of the 2005 Superman Returns, and fine, people hate that movie. People haven't seen it in a long time. They have every right to not like it. But if I could just point to the plane crash incident, that's one of the most exciting. Superman moments that we've ever seen on the big screen and to have Superman rescue a downed, a a, a crashing plane to have him uh, rescue a building that has been bombed and stop it from crumbling while also rescuing people to, to see what are essentially real world. Sure. Instead of, instead of the, the honestly implausible stopping stopping an explosion from happening right he's, yes he's he is essentially a responder yes he, right he's not a mm-hmm. policeman he's not a, a, a preventer mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. he uh, it, honestly like that's that's a fallacy that happens with Superman and Batman ba- Superman it happens it happens with all heroes <laughs> well Su- Superman is a responder of, of a responder and Batman is is a detective mm. who prevents like he responds to it oftentimes the way they, the way they, the way the stories roll out. Yeah. You, you are right. That is, that is pretty much what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so giving, giving the, the flash bang of exploding planes, exploding buildings, natural disasters, 
the government coming after him. Uh, we have the 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 first incident that Superboy Clark is responsible for, which is this bomb going off on a Ferris wheel in the middle of a Halloween carnival and saving the day as a young man. Uh, we have the government luring him into a trap where he's electrified by like an amazing amount of 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 force to try mm-hmm. to contain him to wake up in a government facility and bust his way out of there to later find a government facility that is researching other potential metahumans in the world and burning that thing to the ground mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. for a very good reason of no how dare you this this brings into question the how far can government reach go to to face off against the tornado in the final act to find out that his daughter saved the day I know a tornado is, it could be a hurricane, it could be some sort of natural disaster. It doesn't need to be literally what's in the comic, but something that he could respond to in the moment and get there too late to see someone else handle it. And then to confront Malloy in the in the, in the moments leading after that, like, what were my daughters doing there? What have you done uh, to, to rescue the hostages on the day his children are being born? There are action sequences throughout this. Okay. That's a... The, just as you described it, I feel like that 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 final scene. I don't think it sh- uh, it strikes me that it would be more visually engaging mm-hmm. uh, at, at the the least to to have him not be too late to stop the tornado. Yeah. He gets there and his powers have faded too much to affect the tornado. So it's him struggling through the winds to help people in that. Yeah, and in doing so. The suddenly all of the winds stop, yeah. and he hears the the giggle, and they take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think would would suit that better because it feels almost anticlimactic. Where he's like, "I gotta get there." Oh right, and no, oh sure. look, it, we I missed I missed the cool scene. <laughs> that, you know what? That and to juxtapose that with how he struggles to handle his first incident as a boy to bring those those motifs back in struggling to prevent or to 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 deal with this. Uh, tornado and a wildfire at the same time, like this major natural mm-hmm. disaster where we see him coming full circle to, to not, uh, to not being able to handle it as well as he, he did in his prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That, that makes f- certainly for a far more exciting conclusion. And the, the final beautiful moment in the comic that I love is that he's, he's got a new outfit that being up in the atmosphere, he's made a little jacket for himself. Like, so it's going to be colder for him. He's Mm -hmm. gone gray. He's flying with his daughters and his grandkids and he lets them go fly off and he sits and he watches the sunset and he reflects on his whole life where he came from, not even understanding truly why he got to be this, but truly Mm -hmm. appreciating that he did become Superman, that he, that it could have been anyone and it still could be anyone. And it was him and who knows who it will be in the future. And he appreciates that he got the chance to, to feel as special as everyone always thought he was and watching the sunset in this, in the final moment and not necessarily saying goodbye, but it feels like a moment of like, of this is the end for me. But the nice thing about being given this opportunity and being able to, to continue to have this for as long as I have these powers until they're gone, there's always another sunset and he flies just a little bit further around the planet and watches the sunset again. And it's this really beautiful moment the the speech the speech itself is i i highly recommend the comic and i do think that it's the type because it comes from kurt Busiek, who understands the importance of these modern myths Mm -hmm. to just translate that to the screen to adapt it to the screen 
with some updates, 2004 and 2021 are quite a bit different. Uh, and taking that into account, uh, I don't think it's I, I, I don't think it's too far of a cry to, to see something like this as as something that people need and and maybe not realize that they want. The people who go in to see the explosions are going to get it, get those exciting sequences like the plane crash in Superman Returns, like uh, the action that is enjoyed in Justice League. <laughs> so I think uh, I think I know the kind of movie this is going to be, and it's not what most people think of when they think of a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the movie, uh, honestly, this sounds like, uh, I'm sure there's a better way to say it, but I don't have time to, to think of the, the proper synonym. Sure. This sounds like it's Oscar bait. It sounds like it's supposed to be that kind of yeah. drama. Like this isn't, this isn't a movie being made for the popcorn audience. This is a movie being made for the story yeah. of it. Uh, and I, um, but I think you could trick the popcorn audience into seeing it, right? I think that there's... There's something. It's Superman. It's explosions. But there's more thought behind all this stuff. You're right. It, it is about the story, about the experience. I wouldn't want this to be a two hundred million dollar movie, mm-hmm. uh, which would be the natural response to a studio to be like, Superman, go big. It's like, no, you can tell this with a smaller budget. It doesn't need right. Like uh, uh, this. Obviously, the content I don't think is comparable at all. But so, sort of like they did with the Joker. Yes. They just said we're going to tell this completely different tale yes. with this character. Yeah. And and there's no weight to be there's no baggage coming into this other than what people already have in terms of preconceived notions of Superman. Mm-hmm. To to present this as no no. All those movies you love and or hate, they exist. And this kid doesn't like him either. <laughs> or he loves them. <laughs> right. Um Joker's a Joker's a fair comparison there. If you look to the original Superman movie, the Richard Donner that's a three-hour movie. It's written by Mario Puzo, who wrote the Godfather trilogy. Like it's, it's got Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman in it. In some regards, you could look at it and go, "This is Oscar Beatty, <laughs> right?" And the- sure, right, well, right, because even even thinking the late seventies, cinema was getting pretty uh, edgy, right? Yeah, like I mean, Dante's uh, Inferno. Um, yeah. uh, the uh, uh, Poseidon Adventure, like it was all about disaster movies, and it got it was getting bigger. Black oh, Buzz- I, I'm I'm I was even thinking I was thinking about stuff like um, Chariots of Fire, the, the the taking the taking of District, uh, uh, no, the take uh, the, t- the Pelham, taking of Pelham that, one is, two three, may, the 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 one where the 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 warriors and and the the uh, the the one I'm thinking of, uh, it's John Carpenter. It's about the gang that takes the police station. Oh, uh, Why assault, I assault on precinct. 13. Assault on precinct thirteen. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm thinking of that that part of cinema where where it was, it's it's more a, a, a snarl and grit. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want this to be snarly and gritty and real world. But you gave no. It- but but I'm I'm comparing I'm I'm comparing the um sort sort of the 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 things people are looking for. Like to to me cinema at that time mm-hmm. i guess there were there were a couple different directions it was going but at that time it was it was snarl and grit sure, sure. Uh, and now we have uh uh, uh jaded edge lords <laughs> essentially you you picking um, joker as a comparison is is not it, joker being one of the more uh widely accepted batmans that with the batman batman movies that doesn't have batman in it but to Look, it's Joker, but it's grounded in a reality, but still a hyper reality. Mm-hmm. To 
flip the coin over and have this sweet, exciting, adventurous, thoughtful story of Superboy that becomes Superman. Strangely, I wouldn't want to call it Superman's secret identity. Uh, well, okay, that's fine. I, I would uh, there's, certainly there's a better <laughs> title to be had here. Um, I mean, you probably lose too much just calling it Clark. But, um, <laughs> right, because you're looking to Joker. It's like, yeah. Uh, well, par- partially. Yeah. Um, well, because also I think calling it Superman, I may- maybe I'm maybe I'm tr- I'm looking in a different direction because I think that's actually exactly what you want. I think you want people to see Superman mm-hmm. and to voluntarily walk into a Superman movie and allow themselves to fall in love with Superman. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to trick them. <laughs> <laughs> I calling it Superman. Regardless mm-hmm. of the fact that, yeah, we already have a movie called that. Literally just calling it Superman and let, and giving people giving people exactly what they think they're, I don't know, like what they're expecting essentially. Like, I don't know. I, I want to create this version of Superman for all the things I've already said, to, to show people the power of the character. But to have something that could appeal to young, aspiring dreamers and older dreamers who may not have achieved everything they had hoped for and maybe get in a couple tears by the end of it. I would love something sure. like that. I, you're, you're essentially, you're, you're trying to, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's a, it's, it is the, uh, a masterpiece story, uh, uh, that you're at by a, by a, a, a great author that you are referring to, but it's, uh, uh, I, 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 all I can think of is are, are the, the really negative <laughs> sounding terms, but like it's, it's sort of a, an, it's one of the navel gazing Superman stories. That's not eye rollingly self-absorbed. Sure. Um, I don't want the Terrence Malick like wannabe that's moments the, from man of steel that we got with yeah. Zack Snyder. Right. Yeah. No, uh, uh it, it's, it's about, uh, the character being genuine and sincere mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in, in what, in what they're going through and, uh, like it. So it's, it's strange. It's like a coming of age story and also an, an accepting an acceptance of oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love but, to, but, but not in a, a, a not in not in an awkward way mm-hmm. or anything like that. But like in in a in a celebratory way. Yes, there it is. Exactly. It's a, this is a celebration of what Superman has always meant to the world, and what he should mean in cinema standards. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Superman's Secret Identity. That that would be a movie that I would I would truly if we're we're, we're supposed to be pitching dream projects, if we're supposed to be pitching passion projects. I want to see Superman respected again and not treated the way he has been in both television and film uh, in various levels of disrespect and respect. Um, I've made my feelings clear about a lot of that stuff. <laughs> so so would you say the, the antagonist, if you will, in this is the government? Yeah, yeah. The the government coming after him, uh, hiding from the world is it is much more of an exploration of him as a man and working his way through the world when you have such powers. And it's the the threat in something like Into the Spider-Verse is Kingpin trying to open up the multiverse. But mm-hmm. really what Miles is dealing with is being Spider-Man and, sure. and, and earning the right to be Spider-Man. 
And I would I would go in a similar direction. Obviously, Into the Spider Verse is a much more fun, sure, uh, and then it's, yeah, snappy and, and. But the the yeah. message is similar in that it, it, anyone can wear the mask, anyone can be the hero, and given the chance, how will you how will you do it? Um, so there you go, Superman. <laughs> All right. Um, Obviously, I could talk about this much, much longer, but I think we should get to to what you want. No, I, I think we should keep talking about yours. As, uh, should I should I have let you go first? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, well let's, maybe let's let's uh, let's take a breath here. Let's let's hear okay. let's hear from. Uh, let's take a little quick commercial break here. Uh, but I I will say uh, I'm excited to see where you go with this, and thank you for letting me pitch that to you. I sure. I know I've brought that that idea up more than once, but this was a thorough pitch. Of yeah. what I would want to do. Um, so, I'm sorry I don't have more questions or more critiques oh, that, that's okay. on it. That's okay. um, like, well, what's what's your what's your second act twist? <laughs> um, that I've given you the treatment. If you want to see the uh, screenplay, <laughs> that's going to cost you, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's take a uh, quick break. Do you, do, you, do you? I'm going to keep interrupting. Yeah. You. Do you have like any uh, uh, casting ideas, or, or you don't? You don't even want to. think No, about I'm that. not going to. I'm not going to go there with that because I would okay. cast nobodies. I would cast no. It's we don't sure. need to sell the movie on a celebrity. It's freaking Superman. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back to hear what Jim has, and uh, let's hear from whoever this is going to be. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. And we we are brothers-in-law. We both love beer and are amateur home brewers. Wait, so does that make us... Brothers-in-law? (laughs) <laughs> I believe so. Every episode, we will talk about aspects of beer and home brewing, But nothing super technical because we're learning this too. So join us as we sit down together and dive into something beer-related. Whether it's a little field research, tasting a certain beer style, or beers from a specific brewery. Talk about our experiences brewing beer at home, including our own solo brews, as well as themed competitions we'll set up along the way. We will also talk about some of our favorite aspects of brewing, like hops, extra ingredients, building our brew cave, and more. And, of course, our own misadventures that have happened along the way. So, if you like beer, are home brewing already, or if you have an interest in home brewing and don't know where to start, join us on Brewers in Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at Brewers in Law and check out our website, BrewersInLaw.com. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, hey, hey. We're back. <laughs> We're back in the podcast. Back in. Back in podcast. Back in cast. Back in cast. Back in cast. Yeah, there you go. Maybe? No. Let's not do it. But I'm but I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Uh, All right. So, Jim, thank thank you for indulging me in my passion project, my dream project. I am ready now to hear what you have to offer. Um, Um, So you're going to do it the exact same way I did, right? (laughs) Exact same way. No, actually, uh, I think my format's going to be pretty much the inverse of yours. Okay. And um, I'm going to be leaning on you a whole lot. So rather than... This Go is ahead, where we ahead. thrive. This is where we thrive. Like Jim, you you have people got to experience that. I think it was the last episode where you started like world building, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I will like grab the ideas as you're throwing them out and like stack them up. Sure. So uh, so maybe you, yeah, maybe this is actually perfect. Who so knows? me me just rattling off a long treatment for a Superman movie, and you'd be like, 
I'm going to poke a hole every now and then. I'm going to hold. You, you held back. Thank you very respectfully for not interrupting me every like. Because, yeah, like yeah. anyway, anyway. So you feel free to pitch your project here and I'll be happy to participate. So. I, I almost I almost feel more like uh, I'm going to be a studio at this point. Like, I got some ideas. Now make them work. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, rather than burying the lead any further, like I, I usually hey, do. No, no. I buried my lead and rambled for at least a minute straight. So I'd appreciate to make me feel better. That, no, go ahead. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll do it by God. I'm really good at rambling. Ah, uh, you son um, of a bitch. I'm in. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, so my passion project, uh, for those who don't know, most people who do have probably already guessed, is Deadlands. It would be a Deadlands movie. Is what that is a, Deadlands? What's Deadlands, Jim? Now, interestingly, a movie called Deadlands has already been made. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the people who made the Deadlands that I'm talking about Talk, uh, uh, got in contact with the people who made the movie and I guess like an agreement was was made or something like that sure um uh, I don't know the 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 details of all that but there is a movie called Deadlands it's not related to the IP I am referring to at all the IP I am referring to in total well uh, uh, Deadlands is the the overarching title mm-hmm. and then there's actually one two three four about to be five different versions of it but it all started with and it's where i would begin deadlands the weird west all right so you deadlands is a world and you are setting a story within the deadlands world is that is that am i understanding correctly yeah so okay. a Dead, deadlands the weird west uh is a role-playing game like D. if you've ever heard of dungeons and dragons it's like that mm. except it's set in an alternate wild west there's okay. there's magic and crazy technology and uh, uh, horrors. So it, it's it's primarily a Western horror, um, with with flavors of other things like steampunk and things like so that. A Western steampunk horror. Yeah, gotcha. Um, okay. I love it. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> I've loved it since it came out in 1996. Um, and I, uh, as we were putting this project together, uh, uh, oh, and uh, but, uh, before I, I'm gonna, uh, I want, I wanted to to uh, uh, kind of gush a little bit uh, uh uh this this ip is probably the most uh one of uh, 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 uh the most cognizantly influential ip on on me um uh, when i when i learned about that De- i hated westerns growing up hmm. and then i found deadlands i actually uh came across it i bought it because at the convention i was at i was passing the booth and there's this uh uh this undead gunslinger on the cover of it. And I was, I, I had really gotten into zombies, uh, like the year before. And, uh, I asked if there were rules where you can play zombies. Mm-hmm. And the guy I was talking to pretty much said, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'll buy that and I'll pull those rules out and I'll put them in something else. And then I read that book and I have loved Westerns ever since then. I, right. I have been, and, and that has colored the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find it odd that we both picked two subject matters that the the general movie going audience has said no to? <laughs> Uh, that I don't want to curb you. I, 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 I do find it odd now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Superman. Boo. Yeah. Western. Westerns. Boo. <laughs> I'm, I, but I'm all for it because honestly, with the success of 
10 years of The Walking Dead, six years of Fear of the Walking Dead, and a new series that's going to go for at least two seasons of Walking Dead. People like zombies. With the success of The Mandalorian, people like uh, Westerns. Yeah, that's the thing. People actually do like Westerns, just yeah, not yeah. when it's obviously, a, or, or yeah. when it's, when they have to look directly at it, when yeah. they have to see a cowboy hat, I guess yeah. they get mad. <laughs> um, I don't. I can't tell. No, I think um, I think between the success of Fury Road, The Mandalorian, and Walking Dead, you're fine. <laughs> I would hope so, because uh, uh, oh man, so oh, the world of Deadlands. My problem is I wasn't able to pick a story, mm-hmm. um, because because to me this world, there's lots of, uh, especially in in role playing games, there's lots of worlds that are as big as Star Wars or Avengers, or something like that. But I think Deadlands deserves to be that. I think it deserves to, to get that kind of recognition uh, uh, and attention. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if we if people go back, they may remember we did our second episode ever was The Lone Ranger. And mm-hmm. once we realized we couldn't necessarily meet what Disney was asking for, when we just got weird, you were like, well, then I'm going full Deadlands on this. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, and then we were able to swing it back around. So... Uh, yeah, I'm, people who've been listening from the get-go are, are very much aware of, of your love for this weird West. So please continue. Yes, most, most definitely. Now, now with the Lone Ranger, with, with getting weird with it, um, when it's, it's, when it's its own thing, uh, uh, and I, and, and I don't have sort of these, these built-in, uh, uh, essentially, yeah, restrictions of, I, uh, of making this particular world Mm -hmm. when I can just do what I want, um, I was I was able to you know go full throttle all the way, but I want to do right by Deadlands, sure. and so I'm getting in my own way. Okay, well, get um, out of your way, Jim. So so the way I was approaching it, like like I kept going back and forth. Uh, uh, I keep seeing it like it is a it is a horror, but I keep seeing it much lighter than that. Um, I keep seeing it like something like a like at least feel. Uh, timbre wise, I'm gonna, I use that word a lot this episode. Um, <laughs> like, imagine a western, a, a, a horror steampunk western cross <laughs> between Star Wars, The Mummy, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, adventure. Uh, so, that, yeah, I, I, I see, I see it being very heavy adventure. That's and it sounds fun, which would, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily something you typically get from horror as a straight genre title. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun isn't necessarily uh, a normal word descriptor of horror. So, so <laughs> well, you and I my... travel in different circles, my friend. <laughs> um, uh, you're you're not wrong, and and actually, that might be one of the the things that I'm struggling with because, uh, uh, depending on who you talk to, Deadlands is supposed to be pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the common elements when you read through the book, they 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 advise you when doing stories for it to remember to include camp because campiness is a part of the Western tradition. And if you do camp, right, it can actually heighten the tense horror scenes. Sure. Um, Look, looking but, at someone like Sam Raimi's quick in the dead, uh, yeah. coming off of evil dead. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so th- that was where I was looking at. So then I, I started thinking, do I do really big, a uh, uh, high concept, full, full world scope um or do i do i go narrow do i like just tell a tiny little uh like a 
a, a little story happening in this one town, mm-hmm. what would what would do best? Because because that's the thing, right? If I want to launch a cinematic universe like Star Wars or Avengers or something like that, I feel I got to thread that needle. Like yeah. you have to do both. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, and. Deadlands is now at the, at this point. I said 1996. That's when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as, as of now, that makes Deadlands 25, 20, 24 years old, uh, going on 25. Um, and a, a lot has happened. A lot has happened in that world and in that story. Uh, so the, the gist, the, the the gist of it is um, uh, there uh, a long time ago. There used to be monsters and magic in the world, um, and some ancient, uh, a bunch of ancient Native American chiefs got together and went into the hunting grounds and locked away the reckoners. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it took the horrors out of the world, but at the same time, it also took the magic out, and that's how we got the world we have nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward several centuries, uh, and. Uh, actually, uh, yes, uh, several centuries, and um, uh, one uh, Native American by the name of Raven was uh, was off on a hunting part uh, hunting trip, uh, uh, and when he had come back, he saw that uh, uh, white colonialists had destroyed his tribe. He was the last one left. Classic and, white canole, Kyle, uh, I assume. Uh, <laughs> totally, totally <laughs> predictable. Um, and uh, uh, right, this this essentially drove him to to want revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, uh, Raven then said about how 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 would he best get revenge? And what he hit upon, like like he would travel around, and and he uh, uh, he wanted to get revenge. And he started gathering other survivors of people who had whose tribes had died. Yeah. Uh, and he formed his own tribe called the Last Sons. Um, and uh, what he wanted to do was he wanted to drive the white man from his land. Mm-hmm. From uh, uh, and to do that, he gathered these Last Sons and they went into the hunting grounds and killed the old ones. The, 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 all the, all the chieftains that had gone to, oh, cause that was the thing that when the chieftains went and locked the reckoners is, is what they're generally called away, mm-hmm. locked the horrors away. Um, the sacrifice they had to make was they had to stay there perpetually to keep Very, them. Uh, last crusade kind of uh, yeah. vibe there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so Raven, um, took, took his followers. They went into the hunting grounds, um, which is like the spiritual realm. Um, and they they fought and slew the the old ones, the ancient ones, uh, and freed the reckoners. All right. Um, okay. Time Ra- passes strangely yeah. in the the uh, the hunting grounds. So Raven entered, I think, in the early 1800s. He entered the hunting grounds in the early 1800s, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the fight didn't finish, and the reckoners were not freed until. Um, oh, I'm gonna forget the exact date. Um, Actually, I think it's uh, July third, eighteen sixty-three. Okay, that is the day of the Battle of Gettysburg. Ah, all right. So we um, we essentially have a. Would that be the main time setting of the film? Then, no. Like oh. I'm just giving you backstory. Oh, giving, okay. All right. And what, uh, uh, as far as what I would want to show in the movie, uh, uh, 
I don't, I, all of the, the whole Reckoners getting locked away, Raven gathering his people, all that, I wouldn't want to show that. I think I would want to do sort of, uh, uh, probably the cold open would be uh, uh, the Battle of Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. And maybe okay. like weird flash cuts to the hunting grounds uh, and this this battle happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, like, like it would very obviously be two different places, uh, uh, ideally sh- uh, showing that they're happening at the same time. And sure. when the horrors are released um, on the on the, the battlefield of Gettysburg, um, the dead rise and start attacking both armies. All right. Okay. Causing them to causing them to retreat, causing the battle to sort of be called, mm-hmm. uh, which extended the civil war and forever altered what would have been our timeline. Okay. Yes. And I, and unleashing magic back into the world. Yeah. I, okay. So st- starting this movie out with the Battle of Gettysburg, straight up gladiator style, we're just we're like in a battle. It's a decisive battle, and then mm-hmm. in the midst of that battle, great exciting opening. The like something happens on the battlefield without getting flashes of anywhere else. The mm-hmm. dead rise, and then there's a, a the end of the battle is people fleeing from freaking cowboy zombies. Yeah, I would save the the answer to how that happened for later in the movie. Oftentimes, sure. movies of this ilk will do a prologue and then halfway through the movie do the prologue again for people who walked in late. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it, I guess if you want to give it context, we are going to meet. Not not too far from uh, from now. Actually, that might even be where we go to next. Uh, a character named Ronan Lynch. Mm-hmm. So Deadlands has a, a actually at this point, uh, if you count a bunch of the the extended stories, there's probably this extended cast, and I believe this character has been killed off at a certain point. But I don't truck with that. Mm-hmm. Ronan Ronan Lynch is sort of the the first major NPC that we follow. He's this gunslinger, okay. and he he used to be a soldier. Um, I, if, if anything, maybe he's a soldier there in the battle of Gettysburg and he's, so he's one of the soldiers that sees this happen and then flees. So Bale Gettysburg, zombie rise, he's there, his eyes go wide as he's fleeing, he takes one last look back, title screen, f- fade in, it's him still, but he's aged a little bit and now we're introduced to him as our main, like, Poss- main- yeah, okay. um, uh, 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 like like a decade has passed, like thir- sure. thirteen years have passed. The thing is, other major things have later. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we don't really need to get into that right now. We don't need to get into how and why there's there's crazy technology uh, and the magic is supposed to be secret. Because mm-hmm. uh, the whole premise, it, it's not that oh, and now there's magic everywhere and people shoe horses with with magical <laughs> hammers. <laughs> that, that's not that's not what's happening. Sure, sure. Um, uh, the, the idea is it's all still, and it's scary. People are afraid of it, mm-hmm. um, and no one talks about it. Everyone has had an encounter with the supernatural, and no one no one talks about it. Okay. Um, okay. Because it's usually a ghost. Or a terrible Bigfoot monster, or <laughs> the living dead, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh this is giving giving me hints uh, of reminiscent of um, Red Dead Redemption Two or no sorry Red Dead Redemption had the downloadable mini game with the zombie mm-hmm. uh, the the Red first Dead. one did as well yeah oh the Red the Red Dead Revolver Red Dead oh I didn't know that yeah. um, so it's giving me give me flashbacks to that in a way sure. Um, but, but please continue, please continue. Uh, so we, we have our Ronan. We've we've met Ronan. Yeah, R- Ronan Lynch is his is his full name. Yeah, uh, and he is our hero. 
uh, and uh, he 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 travels with. Uh, I I couldn't. This is another thing I couldn't decide is if he's already traveling with uh, uh, Bad Luck Betty, mm-hmm. or if he will eventually meet her. Um, uh, it's uh, um, and she she's as far as I remember. There's there's really not much. Uh, uh, well, actually, I haven't said anything about Ronan either. Not much. <laughs> so so these they're, they're two characters that we meet, um, and I figured they're uh, uh, they would stumble into tombstone would be a nice fun place to start nice uh looking for work uh and and the the general mood that i wanted to establish is uh ronan and betty are just travel companions um there seems to be there's a spark of chemistry Mm -hmm. that neither of them are really like ronan actually ronan doesn't seem interested really at all Mm -hmm. and betty is is uh, uh not gonna push things sure um uh, and and uh, and so from there, either they get hired, and they meet the third person, or the other idea was when Ronan gets hired onto the job, uh, or gets on a train, something like that. He meets Betty, and uh, uh, the third uh, is a, a, a guy by the name of Velvet Van Helter. Velvet Van Helter. Yes, Ronan he Lynch, is, and he Betty. is a gentleman. Uh, a riverboat gambler. Okay. <laughs> uh, and unbeknownst to our other characters and the audience yet, he is a huckster, which is the Deadlands setting version of a wizard. Okay. He's, he's, um, he can fire cards like Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> pew, uh, pew, pew. Kind of. That, that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. All right. Uh, at, le- at least when he does one of the quote unquote spells. Mm-hmm. Um, are these are hex- hexes? They're called hexes. Are these our uh, three main characters? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and, and I figured uh, there could be almost like a, a faux love triangle, like Velvet might try uh, uh, something with Betty, but she's not not so, interested. Keep walking, fella. <laughs> um, uh, but then he's he's almost more spurred on to try because she sees he like he he sees she likes Ronan, mm-hmm. and he's all like, "Well, what's that guy got?" Um, little, little uh, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, New Hope, love triangle yeah. kind of. Okay. Yeah, ex- except, except everyone's Han Solo. Except, except <laughs> our right. Well, uh, Ronan would be Han Solo, Velvet would be her Luke, although he's not a goody two shoes. Um, like a and, like a Lando. Uh, Han. Uh, it's yeah, I'm not. Okay, sorry. This, sorry, I, I don't mean to. Yeah, the analogy is not going to hold up. Okay, <laughs> forget everything I said. Uh, uh, these are the uh, ideas. Um, and then from there, I wasn't sure what else to do. I like, I had two or three, two or three other intros, Mm -hmm. um, that I, I wanted, like after the Gettysburg thing is established that I wanted to kind of do as well. Like, uh, I want to have, there's a big bad guy. He's not necessarily the big bad guy or the thing that needs to be resolved. This Mm -hmm. is actually why I thought, um, both, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings were good analogies mm-hmm. because this character is sort of like a Nazgul or Darth Vader. Sure. His name is Stone. He's the guy who appears on the cover of the original Deadlands book. He is somebody who has been given power by the Reckoners. He's one of the few servants of the Reckoners who's aware of the whole deal that's going on. Mm-hmm. And his job is to go around and kill all the heroes. 
All right. We got um, our threat. We got a threat here. Good. Uh, he he comes with extra, uh, uh, depending on, on how we want to portray him and his timeline. Basically, yeah, he just, he knows where to go to kill the, the big damn heroes. Okay. Um, so if we go, if we intro with Gettysburg and the rising of the dead and some strange magic, fast mm-hmm. forward 10 years later and we've, we're introduced to Ronan and coming across, I think him and Betty already being together is not a bad idea. Just mm-hmm. however they're together or they get together and then meeting uh, Vel- uh, Velvet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the three of them converging on a location that comes under the threat of what will be stone. Yeah. Like if, sure, if, yeah. if, 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 uh, so, so does, does Ronan and Betty, do they use magic or is, or would they, he, they do not. So stone so, would only be drawn to velvet, right? Uh, he actually isn't necessarily hunting down hucksters either. Okay. Um, cause, cause velvet's not necessarily a hero. He's just using arcane knowledge mm-hmm. for his own ends. It turns out he is going to be a hero. Right. So it's uh, I was I uh, I was gonna. So there is a trilogy of adventures uh, that Deadlands published called the. Um, I always get it wrong. It's called the Devil's Tower trilogy, mm-hmm. I think, uh, or the or the I, I always call it the Heart of Darkness trilogy, but that's actually just one of the uh, uh, one of the books. It, yeah, it's because there's a MacGuffin in the story MacGuffins called the Heart of, the Heart of Darkness, mm-hmm. which is a big chunk. A, a, a almost diamond shaped a, a chunk of ghost rock. What's ghost rock, you ask? Uh, it's another thing that happens in in the setting. In 1868, an earthquake happens, a gigantic earthquake, the big one, mm-hmm. and it shatters California. California, quote unquote, falls into the ocean. If only. <laughs> um, uh. And. Uh, uh, People are collecting revealed a ghost rock is revealed and ghost rock has amazing properties. It is a super fuel. It burns hotter and longer than coal. Um, and, and, uh, uh, sort of a new industrial revolution is sparked because of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, people are making all kinds of inventions, uh, uh, horseless carriages, steam, steam wagons. They're making, uh, uh, Gatlin pistols. They're making uh, all kinds of light armor, light lightwear, like bulletproof vests. Basically, this sounds they're like making, merchandising tie-ins to me. Please continue. Uh, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. They're the uh, 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 all kinds of stuff, and the people who make them they call mad scientists because these I, these ideas are crazy, and the scientists go crazy when when they they make them. There's reasons for it. We can metaphysical reasons we can get into if you'd like. Uh, we don't have to for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so could, uh, could Ronan and Betty be rolling into some town um, that has had a gold rush or a ghost rock rush um, to retrieve a thing and then meet up with uh, Velvet just in time for the first attack to happen to see who our major threat's going to be? Just trying to trying to hone in your sure, story here. Yeah. No. The, well, yeah. Uh, so in the Heart of Darkness trilogy, um, Stone and several other major players are trying to get the heart of darkness, this, mm-hmm. this big stone, this, this could, uh, because this particular stone is more potent and powerful than really most other ghost rock. Uh, stone wants to get it partic- uh, specifically to turn. I don't remember where, cause I, I didn't pay close enough attention to those stories <laughs> uh, 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 to turn a town 
basically to kill everyone and turn the area into a deadland. That's what the, the, the title refers to deadlands because the Reckoners are basically trying to uh, 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 massage and and baste the the world in enough fear mm-hmm. that the fear levels rise and it becomes a a, a, a terrible wasteland of death called hell, the Deadlands. Hell, hell on Earth. They yes. Want, they want hell yes. on Earth. Okay. So that the Reckoners can then walk upon the Earth. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, we have a goal. That's a, There's our goal for an, our antagonists. That's the goal for the, the, the franchise. And it goes, right. so, it goes to such wonderful places. Uh, that, uh, uh, I am so scatterbrained and I'm, I've explained just the, 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 the tip of the iceberg to you. Um, and in the Heart of Darkness, they go to the major set locations that I would love to visit but they do them in a weird order that I don't like as much. Um, so I guess I could always just do them in a different order. The art of adaptation, Jim. You can do this in any order you want. You're in charge. Um, uh, uh, so in the original Heart of Darkness, it starts in the City of Gloom. The City of Gloom is, uh, uh, without explaining all the details, it's a super industrialized city by all the mad scientists. The, 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 the premier mad scientist, Dr. <laughs> Darius Hellstrom, who also is uh, related to the Reckoners, although he does not know it. Um, There's a lot of lore. There, yeah, there, there is. Uh, but it's, it's so good to see. I, I'm, and I'm, it doesn't, it do, and like, it doesn't all have to be explained. It, like, actually very little of it has to be explained in the movie. You're going to see him, you're going to know he's a bad guy. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not knocking that there's so much lore. I'm just thinking like, okay, I'm sensing your comparison to Pirates of the Caribbean, which has a much bigger world. We go to Tortuga, mm-hmm. we go to uh, the ports, like we go, we're on the Black Pearl. So we have like our set mm-hmm. location. So please continue. So we're in the city of Gloom. So it starts in the city of Gloom, which is Salt Lake City. The, the most industri- the, the most technologically advanced city in the world in, in the year of 1876. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so we won't be going to California at all. <laughs> no, we will. The, the three place the, the three places the story takes place is Salt Lake City. Yep. The, uh, the city of Lost Angels, mm-hmm. uh, which is the replacement Los Angeles after the, the earthquake and um, Devil's Tower. Okay. In, in uh, uh, South Dakota, North Dakota. 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 Um, the thing is, and, and de- uh, uh, the Devil's Tower story is is cool and fun, especially as an adventure. I don't know how much fun it would be as a movie. I knew it was Wyoming. I, Sorry, I looked it up. It's Wyoming. <laughs> I wanted to say Wyoming, and I'm like, what if I'm wrong? Right, continue, uh, continue, continue. And and also, it has it has a whole Terminator thing going because someone comes from the future. They come back from oh the future God, to stop Stone. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the time. Okay. I, okay, okay. Yet. Yet. I don't want to do the time stuff now. Mm-hmm. I don't mind doing the heart of darkness, but the way I want the heart of darkness to go, stone should be chasing it. I figure like, I actually didn't even want our characters to have it because then they would, they would have the football and stone would be gunning directly for them. Sure. I, I instead wanted someone to steal another bad guy to steal the stone from another bad guy that Stone had just killed, to uh, 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 so so then it's sort of they're both on parallel tracks for for this, and I thought it would be cool if it went from Tombstone to Salt Lake City to Los Angeles. Okay, so we Moving would get west. Yeah, and, uh, and we would get uh, it would go from you see a western town, mm-hmm. cool, maybe a little bigger more bustling than normal you uh, uh you would see a couple strange con- contraptions 
on the on the uh, ride to Salt Lake City, we learn about magic. Uh, we get to Salt Lake City. That's where we see the full-on steampunk city. Yeah. It's called the City of Gloom because there's so many pipes and so many layers to it. You can't see the sky, and there's too much sm- uh, like smoke from smokestacks. You can't see the sky from inside the city. Mm-hmm. You have a couple steampunk scenes there, and now you got to uh, beat feet out west. You got to get to uh, City of Lost Angels, and the City of Lost Angels is run by the Reverend Hezekiah Grim. Grimm. I still don't know how to pronounce that name. <laughs> um, and he is a preacher who uh, uh, pretty much runs the city uh, and uh, uh, with his own flavor of brim- brimstone preaching. Um, turns out he's also evil. He's also <laughs> one of the... There's there's a, 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 a the types of beings in... The, the avatars, essentially, of the Reckoners in the world are called Servitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's stone... Hellstrom, the guy who runs the, the, he's the premier mad scientist, Hezekiah Grimm and um, Raven. Uh, okay. So I, so I've mentioned all, all four of them. I By feel the like way, Ra- they all coordinate to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Ah. That is who the Reckoners are. Okay, <laughs> cool. I'd keep Raven out of this, except for when we hear the backstory at some point in this movie, halfway through where someone sits down and goes, this is what led us to this mm-hmm. in some sort of, uh, I I did I wanted to to drop a little a, a thing early on. There's an an old prospector, big white beard. Mm-hmm. Early on, I wanted him to. He's he's oh uh, uh he you see him when we first see Stone do his thing or no no I, I have a couple ideas, but I definitely wanted to have him there in the streets when we first meet Ronan uh, and Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this drunk prospector who's basically telling him, I'm looking for dead heroes. <laughs> you seen any dead heroes around here? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes away. Uh, uh, he is important. I can get into him later. I will likely get into him later. Um, where was I? Where was the part you want to return to? <laughs> I'm <laughs> so sorry. No, 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 want, no, 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 no. It's Okay. <laughs> If we start at Gettysburg to introduce that this is a world that we thought we were familiar with that has magic in it that rises the dead, we flash forward 10 years later and we have Ronan and Betty already together and they somehow uh, converge in St. Louis, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City? Tombstone. Tombstone, where then they meet uh, Velvet Mm -hmm. and we need to launch them into adventure. What's the call to adventure here? What is their, what are they tasked to do that sends us on this road trip? So there is an evil railroad that goes through Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Um, no one necessarily knows they're evil, but uh, anyone who does tries to keep their head down because they're big and powerful. Yeah, I figure they get their hands on the stone or something like. Uh, on sorry, I keep saying stone, and then there's a character named Stone. Yeah, on the heart of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they want to use it to control a bunch of undead. Okay. Um. So could but it gets but it gets stolen. It gets stolen by an agent. Mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Hellstrom, of the, 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 the Salt Lake City people. Gotcha. Okay, so one of Hellstrom's agents steals the the Heart of Darkness. Could Ronan and Betty and then their new tag-along be tasked mm-hmm. with retrieve that? I need it. That is what I was thinking. They're okay. hired by the railroad, gotcha. by the evil railroad, to go to go get it. You know these guys are evil, right? Hey, I don't care. They if pay. Good or bad, <laughs> they pay, right? So now we have them on, they're heading to Salt Lake City to yep. get the thing back. 
Yep. By the time when they get to Salt Lake City to get the thing, that's when they should have their first clash with the villain of this, which I'm assuming is Stone, right? Because then Stone yeah, I could suppose. then. I, I'm not trying to throw monkeys in the wrench here, but no, um, no, I, uh, probably uh, 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 they should have had one or two sort of just just uh, uh, random road encounters. I figured. Once they, uh, at least once they would run into um, the person who had stolen it, but they, mm-hmm. that person gets away. Yeah. Um, and then another time they just get, maybe they get attacked by the equivalent of uh, bandits mm-hmm. or uh, I, I was wanting to do monsters, but actually that might be easier to just be bandits. That's always what you want to hear, right? Easier. Um, <laughs> well, what I'm suggesting is that if we get from, so we got the the task on the train to retrieve the thing, right? The MacGuffin is the heart mm-hmm. of darkness, and then once they think they've ret- retrieved it, they get they get uh, 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 waylaid by our big villain, who then heads west to go after Hellstrom. Now it's a matter of, hey, we were tasked to bring that thing back, and you know what? It's personal. I don't like that guy. So now they're going after the thing they need to retrieve as well as they have seemingly a vendetta against our big bad. I'm so this is all just suggestion. I don't know sure. if this is working towards. Uh, it, it, it likely is. Yes. Um, uh, uh, at some point I figure, uh, I guess it could be now it still feels at least the way I'm imagining it. It still feels early in the movie. This would probably be a long movie, by the way. <laughs> A 15-hour movie. <laughs> so um, a miniseries. <laughs> um, at some point, Ronan gets killed. Ah. Hmm. Um, and uh, uh, the, uh, because what happens is Ronan comes back. Ronan is one of the Harrowed. It's not, he's not just a zombie. A Harrowed is uh, uh, a soul Harrowed, that he's Harrowed been... Ber- yeah. Returned from the dead as opposed to resurrected. Like, has he been, literally been resurrected? Has he, sort of. Has he seen the other side and returned? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, right. So, uh, uh, their demons will, they, they can, they can raise, they can just raise the dead to go cause some trouble, mm-hmm. but those are a little more like, uh, like the walking dead type, uh, uh, undead. Sure. Um, although they can be a little craftier than the TV shows zombies are. Uh, but a harrowed is different. A harrowed is like a full on possession and they uh, can eventually have crazy powers mm-hmm. and stone, for example, is ba- he's basically like the, the most powerful harrowed there is. Cool. He's like you said, Vader. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, so so Ronan uh, so I figured Ronan would die Velvet and Betty would bury him and then they'd be like well we got to finish this mission or we got to do it for Ronan mm-hmm. or something like that so then they would continue on okay and that's when Coot shows up again the the old guy yeah okay cool because so if they get to Salt Lake City they fail in their mission and Stone gets the Heart of Darkness and leaves after killing Ronan they bury their friend but like, well, I guess we got to continue the mission, leaving him alone there, and then the coot shows back up. Sure. Okay, yeah. go. Continue. Um, so coot digs up Ronan and uh, uh, explains this 
explains his situation. Maybe, 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 maybe this is a bad place to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, No, this is a perfect opportunity to bring him back from the dead and explain the prologue. Now, sure. This started with Raven in a little Mm -hmm. three minute sequence that explains that answers a lot of like, wow, what is this world now? We already accepted that something happened at Gettysburg and we've seen weird stuff and the further west we get, the weirder it gets. Now we Mm -hmm. have a moment to take a second, go, we've killed your main character. We're going to bring him back and we're going to explain some (laughs) things. So now Coot can give you the the prologue. Yeah. Uh, So he explains all that stuff that I explained to you. The old ones uh, uh, did that. Uh, If if it's uh, a fun detail, he actually had that explained to him by one of the last sons who was there, Mm -hmm. like as, as he was dying, uh, uh, he explained all of this to Coot. Um, uh, and so Coot Coot heard all of this and what Coot's been doing is he's been going around, uh, and he has a special elixir that he knows how to make that allows Harrowed to maintain control of their bodies. So it, it subdues the demon that's inside of them Mm -hmm. to allow them to stay in control because they almost always possess heroes, because the demons love to to basically resurrect corrupt. heroes and corrupt their nice. their legacy. Cool, that's cool. That's a good. To, it's a almost a Bruce Banner like curbing the evil inside somehow. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Uh, 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 yeah, absolutely. And and um, Coot's plan. The reason he's doing this is not just to bring heroes back to you know go out and shoot some shadows. Mm-hmm. It's Coot's plan is look, y'all have been given a second chance. Uh, uh, whether whether you wanted it or not this has happened uh you're you're on literally not even borrowed time like stolen time yeah so coot's plan is actually to gather an army of harrowed march them into the hunting grounds to become the new old ones to lock away the reckoners to put all the magic back where they found it yep put that thing back where you came from or so help me yeah with with essentially with the with right with the with the fire that uh, fighting fire with fire uh, using its own tools against itself to 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 close it to close the box. All right, may um, I may I jump in here? Yes. If Coot brings him back and and he's like, yeah, cool with all that backstory and whatever your plan is, I don't care. <laughs> I got something I need to take care of. And Coot could be like, fine, but when I come calling, you're coming back. And that that's exactly what it is because Coot doesn't have an army walking with him, just waiting until there's enough. Yeah. Uh, the whole idea is he's like, go out and do good stuff in the meantime. Uh, oh, good. So now we can return to Betty and Velvet on the road nearing the city of Lost Angels for what would leading into a third act, uh, potentially the 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 latter half of the film nearing the climax where they're going to get their asses kicked to their despite their best mm-hmm. efforts just in time for our hero to return and kick some ass. <laughs> right. Like then. Sure. Yeah. Ro- Ronan's yeah. return here. And getting to the city of Los Angeles with that, that would be our opportunity to get as weird as humanly possible here. The weirdest steampunk stuff, the, the oh, ghost yeah. rock has cur- this, this it, because, yeah. because as, as, as big and weird as, uh, uh, Salt Lake city was, yeah. um, uh, when we get out to, to California, um, it's, it's literally a shattered coast. It's the, it's called the great maze from mm-hmm. a San- Sacramento, uh, uh, down to Baja, it's it's shattered, um, and and what that means is it's these deep ravines ca- making mesa islands mm-hmm. and having these canyons with uh, all kind with with the ocean basically 
going in and out between them. Mm -hmm. And so there are all sorts of boats, um, steamboats, sailing boats, steam sailing, but like all combinations. Um, And that's where Ghost Rock is the most prominent. So it caused this whole new rush. Like there was the gold rush 30 years earlier. Now there's the ghost rush. Nice. I'm sorry. I never explained why it's called Ghost Rock. (laughs) Um, so it's a super fuel, does a super awesome stuff. When you burn it, uh, th- this is something that uh, I-, I think it's fun. Uh, so I'll explain <laughs> it. When you burn it, um, it sounds like the wailing of the damned, Ooh. and it gives off a ghostly Ooh. smoke. <laughs> um, is is the idea? Oh yeah, I'm I'm going going long here. Uh, no, I'm, I, uh, I I don't think I have too much more. Um, uh, so. Uh, you get all you get that you get a really cool scene because you have these cliff faces mm-hmm. and people on just ropes and 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 uh, platforms mining the walls like putting a, a dynamite mining the walls all <coughs> kinds of stuff like that yeah uh, meanwhile you have all this ocean water between the these mesas and there's things in there like there are dragons uh, there i'll just i'll just say it. i know i said earlier there's no dragons in this setting there's dragons uh they're they're, they're called maze dragons they're basically sea serpents nice right? okay um uh and and all kinds of things in in the maze yeah, it's like so we it's like the that. mouth of hell has been open and we're looking down into it huh kind of yeah yeah um that wouldn't be a bad way to to portray that because then in the second or third movie when we finally do go to hell it would be even worse and better oh it's so good um uh Right, so I figured that would be really cool, and we could have a cool chase scene on some boats. Uh, maybe some fishmen try to climb aboard. Um, different things like that. And then, if and when we get to the city of Lost Angels itself, right? Um, it is a terrible place. So, is the Stone want to destroy Hellstrom? Like, are they enemies or are they allies? Uh, they're unknowing allies. They are. They're. They're. The, they're adversaries in that they all want this MacGuffin. Okay. And, so, like, uh, and, and, and they don't actually, they don't actively know each other. Okay. So Hellstrom's man stole the, the Heart of Darkness initially, and that's what Ronan and his crew were trying to track down. Once they got to Salt Lake City, that's when Stone showed up. To, the other option yeah. is that Stone doesn't get the Heart of Darkness. That's that's what I was thinking. That Grimm's he, got, because Grimm has a cult. Yeah. Um, but it's a cannibal cult. Ooh. Um, my, my thought was that, uh, that, um, stone waylays, the group defeats them, retrieves the item only to discover that he lost it. <laughs> and so he, mm. he, he thinks he has it. So he claims victory to leave and then realizes, oh, I have an empty case or what have you. So then he has to continue to get to Hellstrom to get to the item, just like as they are. Uh, that Betty and Velvet are going to complete the mission uh, as well. The uh, oh, here, here's here's another option. Uh, uh, our characters, Be- Betty and Velvet, do get the item from the uh, 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 Hellstrom's dudes, mm-hmm. and Stone shows up, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, like just when he sh- actually just seeing what he does when he shows up, he just basically guns everyone down. Yeah, and may- maybe Velvet just. Instantly, just just hands it over. Here you go. Like, like yeah, no <laughs> this is hesitation. not worth it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, like that that one act, uh, uh, because he 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 so so uh, uh, not gravel, but uh, just just instantly handed it over. Mm-hmm. Stone doesn't kill him. Sure, 
cool. Uh, you understand what's happening here. I'll spare you. And you gave it to me. Sure. And he moves on. And uh, a scene or two later, um, like like instantly, Velvet's like turns to Betty and he's like, "We need to leave town." Mm-hmm. And and of course we need to because this murderer just murdered everyone and we need to go. Um, is this so in Salt Lake City? Out, is this in Salt Lake City or the city of yeah, Los Angeles? This, this is in this, this is in Salt Lake City. This is the midway. Point. So the, this is the this is my alternate uh, idea for what happens because now Stone Stone wants to turn not not. Los Angeles. He wants to turn a different place into a deadland. Sure. Uh, uh, Grimm is doing that all on his own in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, what happens is Velvet reveals to Betty once they've left town that he actually did uh, a, a trick, maybe a magic trick, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe just a, a, a trick of the hand because he is also a card sharp. Yeah. Um, and he actually still has the stone. He stole it. Stone does not realize he's been duped mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty says, well, then why are we going to California? And Velvet says, because I'm going to get to the coast and I'm going to throw this thing as far into the ocean as I can. There we go. Okay. I like that. That He'll throw it into the ghost waters, the ghost rat <laughs> yeah. waters. Yeah. yeah. Nothing could go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which means that then we're on a chase. Cause right. Cause Betty's like, he's going to know that we have it. And, and yes. And so, so now stone is after our heroes, mm-hmm. but Ronan um, is dead. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, uh, does that, does that, uh, kind of, there's, you, uh, yeah, there's still there's still something to use there in terms of getting us to a climax of the movie where they are in the city of Los Angeles dealing mm-hmm. with the the madness and the crazy Wild West stuff that's there, uh, weird, weird Wild West stuff that's there in order to reach a conclusion of this is the MacGuffin everyone's after. It's them versus Stone versus Hellstrom or was it Grim or Hellstrom? I can't remember which one. That Grim. Grim. Grim, who originally stole the thing to begin with. Oh, or maybe I didn't. Uh, yeah. And uh, so it's, it's just this battle over this. And then Ronan can come in as the almost a deus ex machina at the end to really mix things up and and hero the hell out of this moment to, mm-hmm. to give us our, our conclusion of maybe not. He won't be able to kill these bad guys necessarily. Right? I can't imagine Stone is so easily taken taken out, but at least send that TIE fighter flying into the nethers of space. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's what would, that, that's what would need to happen there. Yeah. Um, to, to save the day essentially. And then I, is it possible to take this item and chuck it into like to actually destroy it? Be like there, now we have nothing to fight over. Oh, we got plenty to fight over. This ain't over yet. Um, sure. Uh, the, the first idea that occurs to me is that's actually how they get rid of stone. <laughs> Uh, like a portal to hell opens or something mm-hmm. and they chuck it in mm-hmm. and then stone just kind of gives them a scowl and goes after and then it goes after it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And like, that, that's what gets stone off the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's after a lot of gunfighting and magic toting and chasing through the waters and whatnot of weird and wild stuff to have Ronan or Betty or one of them figure out, you know, like we're not going to throw in the ocean. You can't shoot it, Ronan. If Betty's the smart one to go, I know exactly where this thing needs to go. And to, hey, Stone, you want it? Go get it. And just chuck it into hell. And Stone be like, nah, and just dive right <laughs> after it. And then Stone's off the board. The, mm-hmm. the Heart of Darkness is off the board. And you get some a last couple of moments of 
pew, 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 explode. Boom, we beat the the remaining threats to us, whether it be Grimm's people or Hellstrom or whoever we had as our secondary villain so that they can essentially walk off into the sunset as victors for the time being with mm-hmm. with the looming of whatever Coot hinted at as well as, well, there's still hell coming to Earth and we're probably going to have to oh. be involved. Okay, so a, a thread I would like to plant early on is they are being followed by at, uh, at least two mysterious people mm-hmm. that maybe that actually is almost the deus ex that doesn't fix things, but it gets them out of the city of lost angels. Uh, so um, there are, there's essentially men in black. They're, uh, they're called the agency mm-hmm. and, and they're agents. They, they work for the U S government and they uh, uh, hunt down supernatural things and they shut it up. They shut sh- it, shut it down. Situ- yeah. They sh- they're right there. Um, they're X-Files men in black, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, so they could show up because they've been following the whole time. They have the resources to then be like, you three get in. We're getting out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that could be their escape from the city of lost angels. Sure. Yeah. Um, there's other like side characters I wanted to, well, I don't have names for that. I yeah. wanted to, to put in there and stuff. Well, um, I, I, I want to, you said you hinted at the fact that you might have some casting ideas here or yeah. some other items that you might want to check off your list right now in terms of. Sure. Cause we're, we're, we're I, I, I hate here. to, I hate to rush no, you here. Yeah, There's the, honestly the, the, um, I'm getting hints of Mad Max here. I'm getting hints of Pirates of the Caribbean in that it's not just, uh, the Lone Ranger, which is what we got mm-hmm. from Disney. Com- we can complain about that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's something that clearly has a, a, a much larger lore, lore here. Mm-hmm. The mistake is something like to go all the way back to the beginning of this episode, complain about something like Mortal Engines or Alita Battle Angel, is that it, much of the mistake of lots of franchise starters, they just lay out all the information and say, don't worry, you'll be back for more of these, and then we don't. So just giving a very clear, this is the thing, this is the thing that needs to happen, and this is the thing that has been stopped. You get a conclusion with a look at a bigger world that we could return to if this one story is a success. Yeah, and, and ideally, like, right, like uh, uh, including to, to, to give a better idea of what the plan is for the Heart of Darkness, particularly mm-hmm. in Coot's exposition not only this is his grand plan to, to to fix the world but you sir you you ronan lynch that i've just helped dig up you have to go stop this particular thing because you're involved and you know right yeah yeah um like like that that could actually be his uh, would that be the yoda moment when, when basically <laughs> he he gets he gets the information on how to to end it mm-hmm. he, he has the the, yeah, yeah. The, his his mission is clear at that point, whether it's mm-hmm. personal or given to him by Coot. Either way, it's he knows what he has to do. He has to go west, save his friends, stop the bad guy, get rid of the thing. Mm-hmm. The end, damn it. Yeah. I don't care what the big damn world is. I don't need your big Coot. I don't care what your army and all that stuff. Call on me another time. I got a job to do and I'm going to get it done. Right. <laughs> um, so, but you had some ideas for some I did. casting. And if you, or? if if while I've been talking, certain uh, uh, ideas popped up to you, I'd love to hear them. You know, uh, I'm always a fan of Carl Urban. So, <laughs> ooh. oh, he might be even better. Uh, so, okay, so um, 
so uh, uh, let's uh, okay. So for Ronan, for Ronan, Betty, and Velvet, mm-hmm. um, I I wanted to cast younger, but not too young, ideally, so they could be in multiple movies. Sure. Um, for Ronan, I was uh, I was thinking Robert Pattinson. Okay. Yeah. I, people um, might be like, oh, but he was in Twilight. Robert Pattinson they, is they a might. very cool and capable indie actor. And uh, hopefully we're he, hopefully he'll be a good Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and uh, I'm thinking Robert Pattinson from the Lighthouse. Robert Pattinson, except <laughs> with a bigger, bushier mustache. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Traditionally, Ronan was always drawn with a handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't have to have that. I think that's fun and cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that could work. Mm-hmm. Um, How about for and, Yeah. Um, I thought Aubrey Plaza would be a really fun bad luck Betty. Yeah. She's called bad luck Betty because uh, she will have like bad luck where like uh, something will happen. Basically, like almost like bad luck happens to her all the time at the, the most inopportune moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought she is the type of actress who could play that off in a fun way. And then also do like a really fun, Hey, I like this guy, but I'm not playing into that. I do. Uh, you shut up. You kind of, yeah. kind of thing. I see. Yeah. Very dry wits as well. And she's, she has more range than I think people give her credit for. So I, I'd mm-hmm. like to see yeah, her, her as a, as a badass cowgirl and Pattinson is a badass cowboy. I can see it. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then I, uh, I picked Zach Efron as my oh, velvet man helter, man. You have all these, <laughs> these, these young, young and attractives. Yeah. I, I actually specifically looked for people who were in their mid thirties or earlier because <laughs> I want them to make deadlands movies for 10 or more years. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but also, Velvet Van Helter is supposed to be that that kind of uh, uh, dapper, um, too good looking uh, 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 riverboat uh, uh, gambler. Well, type. I I'd love to see, especially playing some someone more the side like the smart ass, sure, roguish. I I would love to see someone like like playing a bit against type someone like Michael B. Jordan playing the part to mm. someone who's got. You know, he's a good looking fella. We sure. know he's a capable actor and to see him in that, that sort of role. I had cool. two, I had two other thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, it makes it, it makes it way more of a comedic role. Uh, but I thought Jake Johnston oh, yeah, would yeah. be a lot of fun, uh, in that, not necessarily going for the smooth type, but, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think he could do something like that. Uh, the other was, uh, uh, I actually wanted to cast him as someone else in this movie, that, but that was a smaller role I didn't get into because I wasted all of my time. Um, uh, William Jackson Harper. Um, he played he played Cheaty in The Good Place. Oh, yeah. I love Cheaty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have I'd some... actually, uh, I'd, I'd even prefer him over my, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Cool. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, like, Aubrey Plaza, to go towards that type, someone like Aquafina playing playing a that bad luck betty um someone who can handle the the snark mm. really well just as another that, action sure i she has more of an edge i'm not looking for okay okay fair enough um uh, interesting yeah that's a i see what you're i i, I had a couple other uh, uh female casts that that i had in mind as well uh the um the at&t girl i actually think she <laughs> she could probably she would be able to do it. I've seen her in a couple things, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think she could do it. 
or uh, and, and like each each of these actress actors actresses actors mm-hmm. brings a, 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 a completely different feel timbre to the 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 role and and um would would be fun to explore yeah oh man interesting i um, i i feel bad like cutting you short because clearly no, there's so i got, I got two fun. more and, and we won't have much debate i i cast stone and coot jenkins oh yeah <laughs> give me give me coot jenkins who's playing coot mark boone jr <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> Bobby from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Yep. Especially like if you saw him in uh, the Mandalorian, he like his hair is completely white mm-hmm. in that, and I he would just be. I think he'd be great playing this kind of curmudgeonly prospector who's digging up dead guys and telling them what's what. <laughs> what, what about Nick Nolte? <laughs> Maybe, but uh, that's fine. I, Mark Boone Jr. is a good choice there. Um. And then, and then for Stone, I was originally thinking Doug Jones hmm. uh, to have that because uh, because Stone is a large, tall, imposing figure. Sure. So I sure. thought Doug Jones could could like add a lot of he he can bring a very ethereal sur uh, not surreal but uh, like like yeah, he's a very he's, f- he's done zombies he's done monsters yeah he's a very physical actor uh, people know Stone, him. Stone doesn't have a nose, so he would, uh, uh, Doug Jones deals with prosthetics and special effects Certainly just fine. People might be familiar with him from like Abe Sapien and the Hellboy uh, mm-hmm. films. He was uh, Lady in the Water. No, not Lady in the Water. Um, uh, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Pa- Pan's he Labyrinth. Was, he was Pan. Uh, Freaking. Uh, and, and he was the, the eye guy. F- that's right. What was uh, F- Fishman? Fishman, Lady Love Fishman. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the. the, the uh, sound of water, sound, color of water, color, shape, of, of, water, shape of water, shape, shape of water. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, he's the fish man in that. Yeah. Uh, or, oh, oh, that would also be, good. or, uh, 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 so that was my first one, but I actually like my second casting for stone and that's Kevin Durand. The, Kevin Durand. Wait, the, from, wait, Kevin Durant from basketball? No, no. Kevin what? Durand was, um, uh, what would be the biggest role? He was, uh, uh, the, I mean, he's, he's the, like Kevin Durant, the American base basketball player from the nets who was in uncut gems, Kevin Durant. No, I don't think so. Uh, no, Kevin, Kevin Durant. He was, um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying the name. Yeah. Uh, he working. was in, he was in smoke and aces. He was one of the, the three brothers. Ke- Chris, he, Chris Pine. No, the big one. The big uh, one. He was the uh, one of the bad guys in Lost. Uh, he was uh, oh, can... Michael in Legion. He oh, was, I can totally picture him. He now. was the Blob in in Wolverine Origins. Did you just call me ba- Blob? <laughs> um, he was he was the Rat Catcher in the um, the Strain, the TV show. Um, <laughs> I, I know exactly he, who you're talking about, but I have to look him up because I don't think his name's Kevin Durant. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Kevin Durand. Yeah, Kevin Durand. D-U-R-A-N-D. Well, I was mistaking it for Kevin Durant. With a T. With Isn't a that, T. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Ah, oh, Kevin Kevin Durant who played he was the Blob in uh, <laughs> in uh, X Men uh, in Wolverine or X Men Origins Wolverine right that that yeah. that Kevin Durant not to be confused with Kevin Durant the basketball player who was in Uncut Gems yes gotcha oh that, that's right he was uh, in Vikings 
He's a really cool guy. Again, Kevin Durand, <laughs> not Kevin yes. Durant. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Stop talking about basketball. I'm not a sports guy. <laughs> sports ball. I don't get these sport jokes. Um, well, you're you're all kinds of ideas. I, I I didn't go into the detail like like little things I wanted to do like the the train uh, company that gives them their job. We get to see the undead, but our heroes never do to know that they shouldn't necessarily trust them like that. I see. Yeah. They, they run across like some weird body horror monsters on the road that, that might actually be what the bandits are on the road to Salt Lake city. Um, ah, it's just, I already mentioned the frogmen yeah. or uh, fishmen. Yeah, um, it's, it's just, it's just ripe with, with potential in, in aesthetic. And, and I go back to something like Mad <sighs> Max, which has such a, a deep lore without, without it being it's clear there's a deep lore without the answers being right there for to be spoon fed to the audience you guessed mm -hmm. what did you gasp for because i didn't tell you about the mojave rattlers which there are salt uh, which there are utah plains salt salt flats versions of called salt flat rattlers and what they are they're not snakes like they sound uh -huh. they're basically tremors they're tremor monsters Ooh. from the movie tremors kevin bacon save us Yes, they're out there. Uh, so, so you know, this is. Do you think this in here? I, do you, I, I to, to, <laughs> to imagine this as a singular film? Uh, do you think this would be better suited to be a on, an ongoing series? It sounds like there's well enough, like plenty, to draw from that this could be an ongoing series, as so opposed to a film. Uh, we, uh, you helped me kind of smash this together into one movie. I actually think it would probably be better as a trilogy. Um, certainly. And, and if, if you could get people on board for something so, uh, out there, mm -hmm. you would, you would certainly have enough to draw from, to make more stories set in this world for sure. That's probably, that's probably why this would have to be one movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely other big things that can happen and have happened mm -hmm. in, in Deadlands. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I will like, um, uh, there, the time travel things have happened. Oh my that God. might actually be what would happen here. Cause the thing is right. So I said, uh, there's five different types of deadlands that games, they're all set in the same timeline. They all take place at different points in time. Oh, I see. This is the one that takes place in the wild West. Mm -hmm. The second one to come out, which is my absolute favorite. Uh, but I feel requires so much, from the the original setting to sort of inform it, I could be wrong, is called Deadlands Hell on Earth. Mm -hmm. And the, it takes place 100 years in our future. So it takes place in 2094. Wow, okay. After the end of the world. It's called Deadlands Hell on Earth. It's post-apocalyptic Western horror. Whew. <laughs> Man, I, I think we may need to return to this and give and devote an entire episode to There's to a space one. Oh my God. <laughs> there's there's a 1920s 30s 40s one called deadlands noir well and I, coming down the pipe like next year they're gonna they're gonna do a kickstarter for it so then a year after that is when it'll release called deadlands dark ages where they, oh. they did a thing that rewrites the whole thing so it takes place of. in the dark ages yeah well i think anyone listening who's gotten to this point can clearly hear the passion behind your voice for, <laughs> for, Deadlands. for, for Deadlands. And, and I'm, I'm so fascinated by it. You've, you've 
introduced me to Deadlands many a time. We did a campaign briefly. I would, no, we did like two sessions and I did a horrible, I did a half good job. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I definitely encourage people to look into it, especially if you are of the of the type to want to play into tabletop role playing. Or if you haven't already, anyone who's familiar with Deadlands by name alone surely has played it or dabbled. The, um, the license uh, for the film or, or television or whatever has been shopped around uh, for 25 years now. Uh, and it's gotten close a couple times. Well, it can't get close enough until you're involved. That's what I it's say. It's true. <laughs> Me too. I say that too. Well, I, I do want to wrap up here because I, we can't go too much longer uh, for the sake of our listeners, but I am, I am very interested to see if we, if, if these two projects, be it Superman and Deadlands, if we've sold these two to our listening audience to to the point where you you would want to see either of these films, one or the other or both, um, there obviously, as I said, Jim has a lot of passion for for Deadlands. I have a lot of passion for Superman, and and for us to, I, I would hope if this was your first episode listening, thank you for listening all the way to the <laughs> end here. But for those of you who've been with us and through this season and maybe through season one as well. You know what we're capable of in terms of crafting a story on the fly. Given a chance to craft something we truly, truly care about, I'd like to think we've built up enough credit that we could pull this off. You could pull off a Deadlands movie with me peanut gathering you, and I could pull off a <laughs> Superman movie with you uh, helping me along the way as well. So uh, how do we do, folks? Let us know. That's what We didn't have a specific person who demanded this because we have had at least 12, 15 tweets and whatnot comments uh, demands themselves well not demands have said like well what do you want to do my, my demand is just you know what do you want to <laughs> well, do now you know now you know <laughs> <laughs> um but uh it, th- jim thank you for i love watching you geek out on this stuff and i know <laughs> you could keep going and we probably will keep going. I, I i am i apologize for taking as long as i'm not being more succinct that's fine that's fine it's the it is the the difference in our style of storytelling, which is why we collaborate as well as we do. <laughs> but I do want to wrap it up here. We do have one more episode for the season, and we are going to be doing something even more special than this for our finale. Um, wait, squeeze, squeeze. <laughs> so uh, be perfect. Knowing that this was a little bit longer episode than 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 typical, uh, you may be alarmed to see how long the next episode might be. But I assure you, our finale is ideally going to be worth it. Can I assure something and then and then put doubt in it by saying ideally it is something? You did. Oh, good. That's what I just did. You managed. <laughs> uh, but that is going to do it for this episode. I want to know uh, what our listeners think of this. So please hit us up and let us know if you agree with some of our ideas, if you disagree. If you want to hear us expand on it, we're more than happy to engage in some uh, private conversations or encourage us to return to to Deadlands again in the future or Superman again. We will certainly return to Superman in one form or another from some other demand in the future. Uh, but let's yes. let's do the social stuff real quick here. You can find us at studiodemandsit.com where you can send us a demand. Season three is going to happen, so send them in now. We've already been getting stuff. Uh, we have literally hundreds of demands that we will mm-hmm. have to meet. So keep sending them in. We draw them at random anyway. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever. I think it's called Google Music now. You can also find us on Spotify, finally. And for Ooh. those who have been asking, the back episodes of the show will go up on Spotify. So every episode Excellent. from season one on will end up on Spotify. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, 
at Twitter, at Studio Demands It. Like and subscribe. And if you want to give us a little review, you can do it in-app. It's super, super easy, and it helps us out with the algorithm and getting our long-winded voices into more ear holes. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at TC's Big Head. You can find Jim... Through, through the media. Through, <laughs> through me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> or Studio Demands It. Huge shout out to 6.5 Media for giving us this platform. And again, thank you everyone for giving us this really fun season. Um, we're, we're excited to, to wrap this up with, with something special for next, next episode. Uh, Jim, I'm having a blast. I don't Me know too. about you. <laughs> I, I was, I was super nervous going into this and then, and then my, my turn started and it, it, it sputtered a little at first. <laughs> and I felt like, uh, the sputtering continued throughout, but it, it got some real steam going. There. So <laughs> like a, like a hell, <laughs> hell bound locomotive, Jim. <laughs> That's why I like the setting. So, <laughs> uh, we'll be, we'll be back again soon to hopefully improve the world of cinema. I am TC. I'm Jim. And this is how we end. Studio Demo. This is how we end I dream that one day we figure you out don't, how to end don't, these episodes. You don't you script. <laughs> Just read from the script. Okay. Bye.